Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so blessed to have you with us today, but before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we just thank you for your word, Lord, and we thank you for the joy that it brings us and the laughter that we can have and share with each other as we continue to discuss it, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for your divine personality, and we thank you for all the good things that you've shown us, Lord, and all the good things that you have yet to show us, Lord, that we are still coming into, God. We thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord. We thank you for those being saved and reaped into the kingdom. And most of all, we thank you for you, Jesus, and the work that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study of the Word and right now our discussion in the book of Acts. We are still in chapter 17 and still discussing verses 10 through 15. So if you're just joining us, I would re- I want to recommend and encourage that you, if it's your first time joining us, pause the episode and take the time and opportunity to read through that section of scripture in order to help better enable you to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, now, as is our custom, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and to ask any questions that you may have. So, who would like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. I just have to commend Paul, Timothy, and Silas on this. This is like the eighth uh, or so city that they've been chased to. And mommy, you'd mentioned um, buffeting the flesh and displaying self-control. I mean, if I were them, I probably would have met them at the second city with a club, a, a cannon, a sword, or something. <laughs> ready a slingshot. To, <laughs> ready to wipe archers on the walls, ready to wipe them out the minute I saw their, their camels come over the rise because they were chasing me from city to city. But Paul and Silas and Timothy didn't do that. Um, Scripture talks about Jesus. He hated the shame when they reviled him. He didn't turn around and revile them in return. He Mm -hmm. looked forward to the goal, to the prize, which was our salvation after completing the work. And that's that's what we should be doing today. And I I just find this as encouragement. Like, all right, Paul didn't go with his, his billy bat. I'm pretty sure he was good with weapons after all the murders he had committed before then. He had some accuracy with those stones. But he laid down his life and he didn't seek his own will. Mommy, would you? Mm-hmm. You know, I was as I was reading this section, I thought, hmm, I wonder if this is where Paul started to figure out that he was the target, that thorn was in his flesh and not everybody else's because Silas and Timothy stayed there and all was quiet, all was well, you know. It was, <laughs> it was easy peasy for them, but... Paul went on and, you know, as, as he continues, you'll, you'll see he's hunted and all that stuff more, but I wonder if this is where it dawned on him that the adversary was coming after him specifically and that, that revelation that, that, what that thorn in the flesh was given so that he wouldn't be exalted and all of those good things. And the Lord's like, my grace is sufficient for you. 
Like the Lord responded to him in that way. I wonder if this is where it came. But also the, the word of the Lord saying how much he must suffer for mm-hmm. my name. Mm-hmm. Not that everyone else doesn't go through their own stuff, but for some you're like, man, that's they endured a lot. And clearly, as you pointed out there, Layla, you see just how much he is enduring, but yes, also those that have been sent with him by the Lord mm-hmm. and are also enduring. But he might have said, they got beat up because of me. There's that as got, well. Got, yes. got those lashings because of me. He was in prison because of me, because mm-hmm. he was the common factor. That, that might have been really sobering, um, you know, and when, when you're in pain, all kind of things go through your mind. But um, in between one of the podcasts, we, we went back and talked about Second um, Corinthians chapter 10. And I'll read the, the first six verses just so we have some understanding. And it says, Now I, Paul, myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence I am lowly among you, but being absent and bold towards you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So in that, Paul is talking about his apostleship and how, you know, he wants to minister to them and, and he's prepared to deal with things, but he's also talking about how he's prepared to deal with things in himself. Because before he came to this place, he had to do what to himself? Discipline. Discipline himself. Buffet. And, you know, we were talking about this, this scriptures about being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. It... It isn't a scripture that is for me to put and apply to myself, not me to apply towards my brother or sister in Christ. And we know this because let's let's back up a verse here. And it says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Whose thoughts can I bring into obedience? Just your own. Just mine. I can't. The only place that I can see when a thought lands and refuse to give it root to cast down internal arguments that would try to pull me in opposition to the Lord is within myself. Now, Paul is an apostle. He had authorities, but in, in certain regards, but even still, it has to happen within the individual. And there's only one that knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Exactly. Otherwise, Paul would have to been the thought police. You know, are you thinking of prayer over there? You're getting arrested. That That's not what the scripture is talking about. like you've been seeing in the UK here lately? Exactly. But that's not what the scripture is talking about. I know when a thought lands in my heart or in my mind, and I don't, I have the ability or the choice to either let it get down into my heart or to pluck it up and cast it out. I have the ability to pull down strongholds. I can't pull your stronghold down, but I can pull mine, right? By the name of Jesus Christ. Now I can agree with you in prayer, but should you like your stronghold, your stronghold will remain. If, but I can deal with your friend, in me. If the enemy, a mm-hmm. demonic whatever entity or you know whatever is your friend, then it's going to remain your friend. And even when cast out, you will then chase it. You will go after it. Now, the, the hope, the prayer, and is that you remove those things from your life, that they're not your friends, but that the Lord is your friend. 
But you have a choice and a say in the matter. Mm-hmm. Amen. And when it comes to um, arguments or the word coming to, like we were talking about, to sway you with every wind of doctrine, when someone else is, um, well, I don't think Jesus is the way. I think he's just a prop. No, no, no. Right. You cast down those arguments and don't give them room within yourself and even have an answer for the one who is approaching or trying to create that um, question of who God is and anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of God. But that's that's in you. I can't bring your thoughts into captivity. I can't make you obey Christ, but I can make me obey. So the and then the follow on is being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That means. I'm ready to punish my own disobedience when I'm committed to being obedient to Christ, when so, I'm ready to walk in that with him. So when you have submitted to God, then you can resist the devil hey, and amen. he will flee? Amen to that. And so, you know, we we look at things a lot of times and we want to police outwardly while we let the inward part of us run rampant. Jesus said, the out, you, you're focused on the outside of the cup, but the inside is filthy. Right? Yes. Yes. The inside of the cup is full of all kind of dirty things, but you're you're busy concerned with the outside or even external. Others, you're you're busy on that, but you're not taking care of what's on the inside of you. So this word is talking to you. how we apply this is to to me. I impl- I apply this to myself, and and when it says punish all disobedience, uh, we were talking about we are a th- three part being. We are a spirit. We have a soul, and we live in the body. Uh-huh. The spirit man is alive to Christ, is a new creation, is renewed, and it only wants to do the will of the Lord. The soul, which contains the mind, will, and emotions, is the part that has been awake and talking the entire time that you've been on the earth. It has learned from its environment. It's subject to emotional outburst and all that kind of stuff. It's where your um, thoughts and things of that nature, like I learned this from my parents, this is that comes out of your soul. And the body... It is only, um, actually, it's a, it's a meat sack, and it's your legal authority to do business on the earth. So if you didn't have a physical body, you'd be a disembodied spirit, right? Or disembodied yes, soul. Yes. You, you, you won't have authority to make decisions in the earth, which is why the devil looks for a human to cooperate with them, because a human has a body. He does not. Right? You tracking? Yes. Now, because my, my physical body is only here to do what the the bigger part on the inside of me is. If your soul is the biggest and the loudest and the most boisterous part of you, then your body is going to go along with the soul. But if your spirit man is the biggest and the one that's an authority on the inside of you, then your body is going to go along with your spirit. And it'll the body will actually... <laughs> When it talks about um, buffeting, I mean, um, being ready to punish all disobedience, that's akin to buffeting your flesh. Now, when the word flesh is used in the scripture that Paul was saying, buffet your flesh, the physical body doesn't have any will or desires of its own. Even addiction comes out of the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions. Addiction comes out of that place. Right? So he says, put your soul in alignment to agree with your spirit and let the spirit dominate the spirit of God and your reborn spirit on the inside of you dominate on the inside of you and dictate your thoughts, dictate your actions, dictate the direction that you will take. That's why he says, walk in the spirit, 
walk in the spirit. That means use the inward reborn and spirit to guide the direction of your life. Exactly. And if you live by the spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Exactly. So when we connect these scriptures of buffeting your flesh, that means the soulish part of you, not your physical body, because it's just the vessel and it's going to go with whoever is the loudest part of the inside of you and do that will, do that direction. So when it comes to the place where you are so committed to walking with the Lord that you are ready to punish your physical flesh by fasting in order to get it into a line, your body will actually begin to go, hey, when it sees the soul cutting up, those emotions that want to bust out and, you know, bust out in wrath or jealousy, when you're, when you're, you're being knows that the spirit man is in command and in charge, it will help you police your soul. Like, hey, you better quit cutting up because I'm not going to starve on account of you. And mm-hmm. <laughs> get that agreement from within you, spirit, soul, and body, that yes, we're going to do the will of the Lord. Remember, the body only wants to do whatever who's in charge on the inside is saying, right? Just like if your soul is in charge and your soul has not been renewed to appreciate the things of God, your body will fight you when it comes to trying to do the things that the spirit wants you to do. Like read your Bible, you know, suddenly you start yawning and getting sleepy. Your eyes start watering. Suddenly you're hungry. All of a sudden the mind starts going a mile a minute on seemingly nonsensical stuff. When prayer, right? Coming out of the spirit, that's something God wants us to do. That spirit wants to connect. And then your soul is the one that's dominating you. Your physical body will start to act out. No, I got to be busy. Uh, I need a break dance right now. Here's a dance break. Oh, let's get this done. I'm hungry. I'm sleepy. Right? All of those are are natural things that are attributed to our, our physical body, but that's because the soul has not been renewed and made subject to your spirit and is not in line with the things of God. But if you Spend the time to renew your mind. If you spend the time to buffet your flesh and that that mind part of you, that emotional part of you, the will being made subject to the things of God and your emotions, your physical body will actually start going, no, we're going to pray because if you don't, we're not going to eat and I'm not going to go hungry for you or whatever it is that the Lord has given you. And I'm not talking about mutilation. So get that, you know, rebuke that in the mighty name of Jesus. That's nothing in the things of God. There's no mutilation in Christ. I'm not talking about um, being a a martyr in your mind, (laughs) a a false victim. I'm not talking about disfiguring your face. Everybody knows that you're fasting or you're fasting so much that your cheeks are touching each other from the inside of your mouth. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about in righteousness and holiness and truth in the spirit of the love of God and the Lord working on the inside of you, um, bringing things to, to bear. What's up? So if, if we were to phrase this another way, it comes down to what you practice, right? The Lord talked all, and I mean, a lot, a lot about people who practiced lawlessness or unrighteousness or iniquity. So what are you practicing? What is the structure that you have set up for your life? In other words, what you're submitting yourself to or what you are practicing in your life. Mm-hmm. That is what the body is going to do, right? We talk, well, in the natural is this term called muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Well, the body, right, when you build up this habit because you have practiced it however many countless times, that's what you ought to, or your, your, your body automatically wants to go do but what's what's reigning over that if you have chosen and continually practice righteousness and justice or living in holy before the lord then that's what you 
and your body is going to want to do. That's what your soul will come in line with. Mm-hmm. And let's let's bring that to a um, let's let's say a natural example and how we could natural, but um, something that we might see present tense. How do we how do we look at that and how can we apply that? Um, you guys have heard me say I'm I'm a respiratory therapist and I've I've been a respiratory therapist for over 20 years, and there were things that I've practiced like CPR, for example, how to do CPR, how to do the right pace, and how to you know intubate or do the other things that need to be done. I've practiced that in my career. And as I've walked with the Lord, my walk with him doesn't just stick to me being a Christian in my private life. Jesus Christ, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is a part of everything that I do. So I take him with me in the hospitals. I take him with me as I'm doing my work. And I've found myself in positions sometimes. So like as I've matured in my walk with God, my spirit man has grown from a little flickering light. You know, when we're not saved, the the spirit man is dead. So there's darkness on that side. But then the soul is the biggest voice in the factor. And then you have your body. But when you you say I do to Jesus Christ, when you get saved, there's a little flicker. Doing a light turns on, on the inside of you. You can just imagine like a little, a little flame in there glowing, right? And if I never develop in Christ, it'll remain a little flame, but a flame nonetheless. It's there, the light's there, I get to go to heaven. But if you've put into practice and you've taken the time to mature, that flame begins to grow. And then the, the soulish man, the mind, will, and emotions that has occupied all of that internal space now has to give way to that growing flame who was once a little flicker in the darkness. Now, is growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and providing more light, but it's also crowding out that soul and making the soul um, become smaller. The mind, will, and the emotions become smaller. And now I'm tapped in. I've got the mind of Christ working for me. I've got the guidance of the Holy Spirit coming in and I'm divinely connected to what's going on in the heavenlies and in the kingdom of God. And that's what's causing my actions and my directions to take place in the earth. Now, I don't limit that because if I try to have it in my personal life, but not in my professional life, I'd be back and forth, every wind of doctrine. I'd be two-faced and two different people. But because I've trained my soul to agree with God and my body subsequently has nothing to do but agree with God, my spirit man has taken over on the inside of me. So when I go into the hospitals and I'm working in a professional arena, I'm still coming with the mind of Christ. I'm still coming with that connection to the kingdom of God and the heavenlies. What's right to do? What's what's there to do? Now, couple that with we've practiced CPR. That's a part of something I have to do. But there are times where I found myself in life or death situations for people. And my soul was like, oh, faint, faint, faint. And my body was like, what are we going to do? Are we going to faint? And I would have to make a decision. No. Tap in. God is already with us. He knows what to do and let the spirit man take over to my actions, working through my physical body. That same tap in that I have on going to the grocery store is the same tap into Holy Spirit that I applied in the hospitals. Someone was physically dying and I needed divine guidance on what my role was to help that person. And I found myself, my my physical body joined right in with my spirit. My soul was like, ooh passed out in there somewhere (laughs) and the spirit man was guiding my actions and things that I didn't even know would be the right answer I saw coming out of my spirit and I was like oh that's coming out of my mouth right now look at there well that's coming out of my hands are doing what girl wow wow Jesus and in the moment the Lord came in and helped in that situation right but if I had not buffeted my flesh and that and by flesh in this context I mean that soulish man to 
You are subject to God. You yield to the spirit. And we're going to let spirit guide, Holy Spirit, guiding through our spirit, what's right to do here. Those situations, I would have been passed out on the floor because fear tried to come in, surprise tried to come in, whatever it was, I've been standing here, this has been going on for a long time, or whatever was happening, I would have been subject to that and fall and pray, and then the person on the other side would have obviously not had a good outcome, but because the spirit man was already developed, and that soul man had already been buffeted, the Holy Spirit had a chance to work in that situation. So it's not just about living as what we would call a quote-unquote spiritual life, it's not just about doing what seems holy to us, but it's everything about us. That includes disciplining our training and raising our children, disciplining our children, guiding our children. It all comes out of that spirit, man. Every area and aspect of life. Amen. Finances, you name it. What foods we're going to eat and buy, and it all comes out of that spirit, man. Amen. And then it just comes down to, with that, will we be obedient? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot in there. (laughs) Uh, So... Well, I want to give you the time or feel led sense that we need to give each of you the time. So just let the Holy Spirit minister that to you and, you know, ponder those things before the Lord. Mm. So we are going to pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, promise. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us a chance to come to you, Lord, and just showing us that when we're in error, Lord. And, Lord, I also thank you for giving us the material we need to grow our spirit, man, Lord, so that our soul's not taking over in every chance that I can get it. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' amen. name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.